You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. So, circumcision. (laughs) What a fun topic. It's not one that comes up all that often in sermons. But if you're going to preach from Galatians, it's kind of hard to avoid. It's basically what the whole letter is about. Paul is often problematic, I know. Several of the bash texts come from Pauline letters, and he's often cited as the reason why women can't be pastors. And his preaching was so boring it literally killed a person. (laughs) But I like his letter to the Galatian church. Paul went to Galatea and started a church there. And he started it as a place that was open to everyone, whether they were Jewish or Gentile. It's what's in what's probably the most famous passage in this epistle. He says that there is no longer Jew nor Greek, free nor slave, male and female. The church he wanted to start was, well, I'm not sure how to describe it. It's like he wanted it to be this house that was open to all, whether they were sinners or saints. (laughs) Weird, right? But anyway, Paul starts this open church, and then when he's confident that it's all set up and it can run on on its own, he heads out to start other churches in other places. Then sometime after he leaves, some other early Christians come along and start telling the Galatians that Paul really didn't mean that the church was to be open to all. What he meant to say was that the church was open to Jews and to Gentiles who became Jews. And the way to become a Jew was to be circumcised and to follow Jewish law in other ways. And the people in the church think, well, these guys are, have to know what they're talking about. They're from Jerusalem after all. And so the men start getting circumcised and everyone starts trying to follow Jewish law, just like Paul meant all along, right? Well, not so much. Because as soon as Paul hears what's happening in his church, he fires off this short, angry letter, tearing those Jerusalem Christians a new one. Through the letter, Paul lays out his argument that the law cannot save you. The law could never save anybody. Only Christ can do that. The law was just what we had to work with until Christ came to save us. And if you want to try to follow the law to the letter in order to be saved, fine. But you can't do that and be saved by Christ. You must choose one or the other. And one of them flat out won't work. So what the hell are you thinking? Paul gets so worked up that by the end of the letter, he's given up on dictating to his amanuensis and taking the pen in his own hand to make his point as emphatically as he can. The Jewish Christians who came and preached circumcision to you didn't do it so that you could be saved. They did it to cover their own butts when they got back to Jerusalem. So they could say to the Jews there, look, we're telling everybody they have to be circumcised and follow the law. We're not preaching that radical open to all Christianity stuff like Paul. Please don't kill us. Look at all the new people we're bringing under the law of Moses. Or as Paul says, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. 
Even the circumcised themselves do not obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything, Paul says, except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but the new creation in Christ is everything. Neither circumcision or uncircumcision is anything, but the new creation in Christ is everything. There's a great scene in a Bill Murray movie, Meatballs, that often comes to mind when I read Paul. Because, of course, Bill Murray and St. Paul are very similar. (laughs) I don't know how many of you remember Meatballs. It was the Bill Murray of old, long before Lost in Translation or all those Wes Anderson movies. It was one of the many movies where he played the good-for-nothing, lazy, and more-than-a-little-goofy slacker. There was Caddyshack, Stripes, Meatballs, and even Ghostbusters, where he played pretty much the same character. In Meatballs, he works at a rundown summer camp, Camp North Star. Across the lake from Camp North Star is Camp Mohawk, where all the rich kids go. Each summer, the two camps compete in the Camp Olympics, and of course, Mohawk always wins and gloats over it endlessly. But somehow, this summer, it comes down to the last event in the competition, and if North Star can win that, they can beat Mohawk for the first time in 12 years. But because of their history of losing, everyone at North Star is sitting in the clubhouse the night before, convinced that Mohawk is going to win. And Bill stands up and gives what's been described as the most motivational, demotivational speech ever. Sure, Mohawk has beaten us 12 years in a row. Sure, they're terrific athletes. They've got the best equipment that money can buy. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Even if we win. If we win. Even if we win. Even if we play so far above our heads that our noses bleed for a week or ten days. Even if God in heaven above comes down and points his hand at our side of the field. Even if every man, woman, and child held hands together and prayed for us to win. It just wouldn't matter. Because all the really good looking girls would still go out with the guys from Mohawk because they have all the money. (laughs) It just doesn't matter if we win or lose. It just doesn't matter. And I can hear Paul yelling that same chant. Circumcision, it just doesn't matter. Jew or Greek, it just doesn't matter. Free or slave, man and woman, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I've said for a long time that for me, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that it's God saying, I got this. All that time and energy you've spent worrying about what will get you into heaven and what the afterlife will be like, God is taking care of that. The new creation in Christ is everything. You don't need to be circumcised. You don't need to live by the law, at least not for the purposes of being saved or getting into heaven. So, to, so what are we supposed to do with all that free time we have now thanks to the new creation? Paul answers, let us not grow weary of doing what is right. And whenever we have the opportunity, let's work for the good of all. I was initially disappointed that last week's Galatian text was the fruits of the Spirit rather than this being this week's because I love the idea of them and what they tell me about the world. 
Paul lists them off very quickly, one right after the other. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What makes them interesting for me is that Paul tells us that all those things come only from the Spirit, not from the flesh. And that makes me believe that wherever and in whomever I see those things, I know that God is with them. It doesn't matter who they are, what their faith is, or whether they are living by the law and the rules of the church. Paul tells me that they can't be doing those things by themselves. The Holy Spirit has to be there doing those things through them. And if God is doing that, how can I reject them and say they should be excluded or that they are the enemy? Yeah, I was really disappointed that I didn't get to write a whole sermon about the fruits of the Spirit. So it was with a bit of a jaundiced eye that I approached today's text. And reading it, I go almost line for line from agreeing with him and to going, huh? Because bear each other burdens, but carry your own load. Could you pick one, Paul? That the more I lived with it, the more it grew on me. Now, it wouldn't be one of my sermons without multiple obscure pop culture references. And I've only given you one so far. That's nowhere near my quota. I need to bring in another surrogate for St. Paul. And I propose Angel the Vampire. <laughs> Angel is from the Buffyverse. He first appears in, TV, in the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then has his own eponymous spin-off series. He was born in 18th century Ireland, and after being turned into a vampire by his paramour, Darla, he spends the next hundred years or so traveling with her, in the words of Wikipedia, achieving infamy as the most sadistic vampire in European history. <laughs> but the family of one of his victims curses him by returning his human soul to him, giving him a conscience again and forcing him to experience guilt and remorse for all that he has done. He then spends the next hundred years trying to make amends, led by some obscure prophecies to believe that if he can help enough people, if he can follow the law closely enough, go through all the proper steps, then he will be forgiven and redeemed. Doesn't that sound a lot like what the Jerusalem Christians were trying to make the Galatians believe? Just follow the law, get yourself circumcised, and you'll be good. And of course, it doesn't work for Angel any better than it would have for the Galatians. After all that suffering, all that pain, all that striving, Angel has an epiphany. He learns, as Paul did, as Bill Murray's character did, that it just doesn't matter. He explains, it doesn't mean anything. In the greater scheme of things, in the big picture, nothing we do matters. There's no grand plan, no big win. I guess I kind of worked it out. If there's no great and glorious end to all this, if nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do. Because that's all there is, what we do now, today. I fought so long for redemption, for a reward, and finally just to beat the other guy, but I never got it. I don't get it now, not all of it. All I want to do is help. I want to help because I don't think people should suffer as they do. Because if there's no greater meaning, 
then the smallest act of kindness is the greatest thing in the world. Paul started the Galatian church as a place where people of different backgrounds that had in the past been kept apart could come together to be a community that supported each other and lived into the gospel of Christ. He didn't want it to be a place where there were strict rules about who could be in and who could be out or particular rights that had to be followed for someone to be welcomed because he knew those things just didn't matter. What does matter is how we treat each other, how we cultivate the fruits of the Spirit, what we do now, today. In the new creation of Christ, Paul says earlier in Galatians, we are no longer children to be ruled by the law, but adults and heirs to the kingdom, able to make our own decisions about what is right and what is wrong. The law was there to protect us when we didn't know better. But now we have the cross of Christ to look at. Now God has taken away the childless worries of what comes next. What are we supposed to do to get there? Now as adults, we're supposed to think about our responsibilities today, here, and now. That's great good news to me. Because I can't imagine my own salvation without imagining everyone else's. Because I know, I know that I am not any better or more deserving than anyone else, no matter who they are, of that gift from God. Because of that, I have to either give up on the idea of salvation altogether or open it up to everyone. I choose the latter. Because either way, what matters is not who we are or not if we've collected some kind of checklist to get in. Nothing we do matters. Nothing we do will save us. But what does matter is what we do today for the people around us. Because if, we can't get a, because if it can't get us into heaven, if it can't save our souls, if there's no greater meaning to it, then the smallest act of kindness is the greatest thing in the world. Amen. You have been listening to the Sermon Podcast for House for All Sinners and Saints. If you like what you've been hearing and would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, just go to our website, www.houseforall.org, and click on Give.